Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome back to the Know Your Role Player Podcast. I'm your host, Jay, the number 215 forever. Follow your boy on IG, and on my IG page is my podcast channel that is at Know Your Role Player underscore podcast. The best way that you can listen to this podcast is to download the Anchor app. That's anchor.fm backslash Know Your Role Player, whether you have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, or many, many more, you will get episodes like the one you are currently listening to becomes available. All right? All right. Guys, welcome back. Today is Monday, February 19th. It's still Black History Month, so celebrating to all that are celebrating. And, yo, we got a lot to talk to, so let's get the first thing out the way. Um, the NBA season is on a hiatus, and the podcast is back in full steam. Now, y'all know there's been a little bit of inconsistencies with the pod this year, but I'm, I'm, I'm planning to put that to an end. So, the second half, we're going with three episodes until the end of the season, right? Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I am in my recording studio as I speak right now. Um, and that's going to be that. So, hope y'all looking forward to this. So, a couple of other things. I know I always talk about Spotify um, or Anchor, because Anchor is how I distribute all my podcasts different platforms and uh anchor's dope but anchor and spotify are kind of changing a little bit i won't get into that too much today but um the pod's not going nowhere um except for youtube at some point but we'll see so listen i want to talk today about one thing that i noticed adam silver's pain all right i want to talk about adam silver's pain adam silver's pain excuse me so and the reason why i want to talk about this is because Adam Silver might be the best person I've ever seen say everything and say nothing. And what I mean by that is, you know, following in the footsteps of David Stern is no joke. It really isn't, right? And I thought he did a really good job. You know, he's had his controversies, uh, controversial things he had to go through. He's had a lot of different issues he had to deal with. But I think he's always been pretty fair with the players. You know, a lot of times I would always say Adam Silver has been a little too nice or a little too lenient but you know he's a pro player person and i get that but he's also pro league and the all-star weekend is a big deal right you have to understand the all-star weekend is right at the end of football and so as a consumer you want to look at the nba like because uh the nba is it's like a couple versions of fans it's like the nba casual the nba super fan and then a regular sports fan so the NBA casual, he starts in August. He starts in training camp, and he's riding with your team through the season, right? Then you got the, uh, you know, the, the, the super fan that, you know, he follows his team only. Now you have another guy that just kind of picks up after the All-Star or right around the All-Star break. And what's so important is I don't think the reason why people don't understand how much Adam Silver wants this weekend to be special is because the NFL does not respect the NBA, right? And that's not Adam Silver's problem. But Adam Silver's problem is if the All-Star Weekend isn't special, he cannot grow his audience, right? I'm going to be honest with you. I think the NBA has been inflating some of their numbers with projections or new things. The NBA is doing good, right? But again, will it ever become better than the NFL? No. But it does need to grow and get more popular because a growing sport gets everybody more money. Now, with all that being said, All-Star Weekend needs an um, needs some fixing. He's, Adam Silver has spoken before, time and time again, how he wanted All-Star Game on Sunday to be more competitive and just how he wanted the event to be better, right? 
And we got the exact opposite of that. We got the highest scoring game of all time, 211 to 186. The competitive is getting the competitiveness is getting worse. And I'm gonna say this. I understand the players from this only point of view. There was a report that the players do want to get paid during the All-Star game. Okay, so that's a labor issue, and I don't dismiss that. But I do feel like there has to be a joint um there has to be some type of partnership between the players and the league to try, to try to make this game right. It's bad. It's really bad. Listen, I love basketball. I love basketball. I'm what you call a hoop head. I did not. I watched it because I had to watch it, and I didn't watch it. Like, I watched the 10-minute version extended. I seen the first quarter. I seen the second quarter. But it wasn't good, man. And if somebody that just loved football and wanted to check out another sport and they watched that, they would be like, yo, this is trash, man. And again, I'm fair what the NBA is. I understand what the NBA is. I'm not the guy that complains about all the three-pointers and the dunks. I've seen these guys compete. Again, UCLA runs, um, Drew League. I've seen these players compete in non-NBA leagues and play very hard and competitive basketball. And when I go back to Adam Silver's pain to kind of give this a full circle moment, he said something after the game. He was like, well, congratulations to the East." You scored the most points ever in the All-Star game. And I actually heard disappointment. And what was surprising is that Adam Silver does a probably a remarkable job almost never showing emotion. While understanding and caring of certain issues, he never actually like kind of shows, you know, how he feels. And it's not about him. It's always about the league. But I think he's like, yo, he, he sounded disappointed. For the first time I've ever heard, I've heard pain in Adam Silver's voice. I, I did. His body language, it was like he was legitimately disappointed. And it needs to be revamping. So it starts with a full circle moment, right? And we'll we'll start from Sunday and we'll kind of move back. After the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant, we got a really good competitive game where we just, I thought out of respect for Kobe, they just competed because Kobe was really big on competing in all-star games, right? If you look at any Kobe interviews, he's big on all-star games being competitive because, again, when I say he, he gets it, he gets it. You just want to see the best players, what they do if they're all on the court. And, again, even all-star defense isn't like NBA Finals defense, but just compete. Just raise the intensity level. And, again, how many times have we had this conversation? And so, like I said, if it's a labor issue where guys want to get paid, I'm not dismissive of that. I'm always pro player before I'm pro owner. The owners are billionaires. The players come from nothing trying to be millionaires, right? So I'm going to be on the player's side. But with that being said, it is just bad. Again, I love basketball. And if I had to show somebody that was a football fanatic, yo, watch this game with me. It's All-Star Weekend. They would say it's absolutely dog trash, right? And so let's go back to Saturday with the dunk contest. There's two ways to look at the dunk contest, right? Way number one is that, excuse me, that you just, I feel, you could feel like they've been doing the dunk contest for so long that you've kind of seen every dunk. But the other side to do it, and I, and I got I to gotta get on Stephen A. Smith. He said, LeBron James has ruined the dunk contest. Now, I know exactly what he's talking about. He's referencing LeBron never competing in a dunk contest and kind of maybe being the start of stars not competing. So in that sense, I understand. But I gotta be honest with y'all, LeBron isn't the reason why the dunk contest did not is is just fell off a cliff, right? 
one, yeah, stars competed in the dunk contest, but two, yo, we've seen a lot of dunks. It's only so many things you could do with a ball in the air. You know, at, at this point, it's like underground or Instagram dunks, right? And we've seen most of these dunks, but I do agree that stars playing in events make them matter, right? And so the three-point contest is all we have, right? We have Steph, um, Steph Curry and Sabrina kind of going at it. And that was great. We had the three-point shootout with Damian Lillard winning, and that was great. And then the first round, all the guys scoring over 20 points in the first round. So, you know, we had the skills challenge and the team challenges. So there were some, a lot of things we can like, right? I think before even the league tried playing Pig, P-I-G, but that's not really good to watch live. So they kind of had to give that a boot. But, again, make the all-star game great again, you know, because um, I feel Adam Silver's pain, right? And – that's pretty much how I feel about that. You know, so going back to Saturday, we had um, Steph Curry, you know, and uh, Sabrina uh, kind of go at it. And, whew, the takes was taken. So I think Kenny the Jet Smith is great. Um, I think it's easy to pile on somebody when they say something that's, that just doesn't come out right or when they just make an honest mistake, right? And Kenny might have been feeling himself and might have been, you know, just enjoying himself that night and, you know, power and respect to him, but I think he kind of missed some stuff, right? So when Steph Curry was shooting and Sabrina, who, again, had the second highest total in three-point makes from the NBA three-point line behind Steph Curry, right? He was kind of saying, um, Kenny DeJet Smith was kind of saying, well, she should have shot from her three-point line, but she didn't want to do that. The whole point, and again, it's not Kenny, well, it is Kenny's fault. The whole point of the, the, the um, them going at it was kind of to destigmatize women's sports, right? And again, it's not about can she play in the NBA, but it's about can she shoot as good as any man can shoot in the league? And yeah, she's one of the best shooters in the league, man or woman. You know, that was the point. Listen, she beat, she lost to Steph Curry by two points, y'all. Two points. All right. But again, out of everybody else outside of Stephen Curry, she had a better score than them. And if she's in it again and she's allowed to actually go at it with them, yo, I can't say she's finishing no worse than second place, man. Again, the B Steph is, is almost impossible because this dude's the greatest shooter ever. Um, I would like the Steph and Damian Lillard contest to happen eventually, but we'll see what happens. All right, now, back to the dunk contest real quick, and I want, want to say a couple of things. LeBron James is not the reason why the dunk contest fell off. It fell off because of stars. So with that being said, I want to credit Jalen Brown for playing. Now, Jalen Brown's dunk contest was not good. It was bad. But I appreciate the ability to be vulnerable. I appreciate the ability to say, hey, I'm going to go out there. It might not be great. You know, he was talking about how the LED lights were kind of tough for him to perform certain moves. But just the fact that he is a star player, all-star player, that he went out there, I got to commend him. Because other than the three-point shootout, guys do not want to go out there, right? A lot of the league is kind of looking cool and being cool. And I just appreciate when a guy just says, you know what? I might not be great, but I'm going to go out there. And, again, he was not good, but that's not what it's all about. And, again, shout-outs to Mac McGlung and Damian Lillard for winning. So what is our solutions? We have to make the All-Star game competitive. I'm fine with East versus, versus West. I thought the um, Team Giannis and Team LeBron kind of ran this course. Let's just East versus West. And, honestly, the West has a better team, and the East won by, like, almost 25 points. So what do we do? We can do a couple of things, right? We can, A, shorten the game. Um, B, that target score fourth quarter, it still didn't raise the intensity. So C, if it comes down to money, it comes down to money, and business is business, right? And so if there is a number that the players want, 
fine. But yo, y'all gotta compete. And again, I heard Anthony Edwards after it says it's kind of like a break, and it is a break. It is a break from the league, but dog, asking you to compete for two hours for an exhibition game to celebrate the best players in the world, it's not crazy. We've seen it year after year. We see all it right after Kobe's passing. Again, if you look at all the 90s and 2000s, you saw competitive basketball games. They didn't play world-class defense then, but they were trying. There was some, you know, some pushback. There wasn't just these corny alley-oops and just guys just running up and down the court. You know, it was good competitive basketball and that's what people want to see that's what the people want to see and again so as i talk about adam silver's pain his point of view got to be crazy because he's like yo dog our game gotta grow and our game grows here our game grows here because once the nfl or any other sport kind of you know baseball is done the nfl is done this is basketball season right now it's basketball season right before we get into baseball season so it's now or never. And I'm hoping it's now sooner than later because, like I said before, man, it is really, really frustrating to be, um, you know, I run an NBA podcast page and I'm looking at it like, yo, I can't imagine what Adam Silver feels because he really wanted this date to be special and it was not special. It was bad. And again, these conversations have to come up between the Players Association and the league because I don't think the players are too worried about it. I think for them it's a break and – you know, I'm going out there to catch a vibe, and that's cool, but, you know, it's a couple incentives you can do. Like I said, pay them as one or two. You want to really get it, uh, funny with it, we can make this a finals um, home court advantage. Or we could do some type of thing where this team wins and this player wins. They can get the advantage whether they want first round um, home court in the playoffs. Like, we can, we can make it competitive. We can. We can get uncomfortable with it and make it very competitive. And so... It'll be interesting to see how Adam Silver moves, uh, how he does moving forward, because, like I said, he's been pretty much the good guy and pretty lenient in a lot of things. And, like I said, his disappointment, I don't think we're going to hear the end of it. I think he's going to make it a point, whether he has to make things uncomfortable or has to be the bad guy, to kind of make the All-Star game competitive again. Because, like I said, as a person that loves basketball, it was bad. It was bad, man. And I've seen too many good games to get that bad of a product on a Sunday, right? Um, and that's all I got to say about that. All right, so next I want to talk about the firing of Jacques Vaughn. So in two plus seasons, the Nets coach Jacques Vaughn has won 71 and 68, 0-8 in the playoffs. I mean, they basically lost by almost 50 the other night to Boston. They're falling apart. Um, and they have, this is official, they have given a replacement intern job to Kevin Alley. So I'm gonna be a honest with you. Um I don't celebrate black coaches getting fired, but I am honest about things. And with Jacques Vaughn, you know, Stephen A. Smith had talked about how he would have fared if he would have been able to coach, you know, Kyrie Irving, Stephen Curry, excuse me, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden. But I look at it from this point of view. Even though um, there were some internal issues, there were reports that, um, you know, Jacques Vaughn had the offense built around um, Ben Simmons and he played 12 games. Uh, and there might have been some issues with Mikael Bridges. But to me, like, it was rotation issues. Like, so first, Jacques Vaughn was not really a fan of Cam Thomas. Then you kind of saw Cam Thomas really, really playing well. And for Jacques Vaughn was very hesitant to continue to give him minutes to kind of empower him. When most people said, hey, this guy has got some talent. And so I don't know if it was him, but eventually he does give him the starting job, right? And then you got, um, they have so many pieces that, 
coaching is really important, right? To me, they have enough talent to be a 500 or better team, and they're underperforming. Now, I thought it was a little weird with the, with the um, build a team around Ben Simmons because when I heard Jacques Vaughn talk, he didn't sound like a fan of Ben Simmons, right? He was kind of making this guy come off the bench and like, I don't believe in you. And it's kind of interesting because when Ben's back, he kind of dominates the ball and Mikel Bridges comes a little bit more of a spot-up shooter. Now, he gets easier shots from the three-point line and that's cool, but how the Nets view Mikel Bridges is they want him to be an all-star and kind of him want him to be their 1A guy. And so I think there was little issues kind of with that. Also, again, if you want to talk about the biggest Nets issue, it is Ben Simmons. You can jock on me to the end of time. But Ben Simmons basically being the same exact player, being not available for the last two years, it hurts his team because a lot of his team is built around him. Oh, the three-point shooting, the defense, the playing fast. So now we'll see what he, we can do, what he can do. Now, I'm going to be 100% honest with y'all. I am a huge Kevin Ollie fan. Um, maybe I can find the old episodes where I referenced him. But Kevin Ollie was a coach at UConn. I thought he was one of the, my favorite young coaches um, former Sixer Kevin Ollie. I thought he was a brilliant coach at UConn. I thought he got a raw deal at the end of his time there. And I just was weird. I was just confused at how he never got a second chance. So, you know, one man's one, one at the end of one man's term is the beginning of another man's term. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm as unfortunate as Jacques Vaughn lost his job, but again, rotations, even off the bench with Lonnie Walker, not getting no minutes one game and then getting 25 to 30 minutes the next game, there was no real continuity, right? And again, there was so many guys on this team, but the other part is front office didn't want to get rid of these guys. So then you got guys like Dorian Finney-Smith, who finally starts towards the end of the season, but wasn't getting burned. There was inconsistencies with the rotation. That's issue with me, number one. Issue with number two is when you start to get blown out and losing games by 10 and by 20, and you just, you know, the margin of error is just really bad. That goes back to the players playing hard, and you have to ask yourself a simple question. You know, did these players quit on a coach? And if they did quit on a coach, you have to decide whether this coach is worth fighting for or we have to make an emergency change and just um, change some things up, right? Because, um, you know, look, look at it like this. Let's, let's look at the last couple of games, all right? So right before the All-Star break, we lost to Boston. Excuse me. They lost to Boston, 136-86. to 86. You got blown about 50. You lost a game right before about eight. Then you lost by. T- then you won against the San Antonio Spurs, who are one of the few teams that are worse than you. Then again, lost to Dallas, lost to Golden State. You beat the Sixers, lost. To, you know, it's just inconsistencies. And again, they're not a good team. Again, it's all not his fault. But again, the inconsistencies with the rotation was my biggest issue with Jacques Vaughn. You know, the development of certain players. You you can get more out this roster, and so. With the interim coach of Kevin Alley, I believe the Nets roster will – I really hope to give this guy a chance. That's all I'm asking for, right? Because there is talent on his roster. They got to be honest with Ben Simmons. Again, if they're not getting what they want, bench, all right? Defense and being aggressive. Yo, this dude is doing that dumb stuff where he's taking two shots a game and hogging the ball waiting for a shooter to get open, bench. You know, and again, Kevin Alley is a straight shooter. Um – he pulls no punches, and he tells it like it is. Now, you either will or you won't like that. Um, Jacques Vaughn did a little bit of that, but, again, I, I like Kevin Alley. I think this is a good change, and I'm really rooting for his guy, and I'm hoping that the Nets can find some type of continuity between their front offense, front office and their roster and the coaching staff because, again, there is talent there. I do believe there's enough talent. They shouldn't be 21-33. and 33. They're outside of the 10th place. 
and they wouldn't even make the playing tournament right now. So, yeah, the roster definitely needs improvement, and the change was due. And listen, they decided to make that change now. You know, whether you think it's fair or not is interesting, but I don't have a problem with it just because I've watched the Nets play a lot, and I just felt like you can get more out of what they were given between that team, right? All right, so last but not least, we're going to have our news and notes from around the NBA. So uh, let's go five points of emphasis. Point number one, Mike Conley and the Minnesota Timberwolves have agreed to a two-year, $21 million extension. Uh, You know, the deal keeps Conley stabilized in the Western Conference where the Minnesota Timberwolves are number one seed. This is pretty – this is a really good deal because Minnesota needs to see what they got in the playoffs and stability is most important. And they're going to have a lot of franchise moves coming up as far as the extensions of Towns and um, Edwards. What's Gobert, but Conley is playing really good. All right, he's shooting 44% from the three-pointer, the best of his career. He's also shooting a record 59% from the uh, field goal percentages, also the best of his career. And he also ranks second in assist-to-turnover ratio in the league, trailing only the Washington's Tyus Jones. So, you know, he's not a superstar by any means, but he's just a smart player that will not hurt your team. And that's really important for Minnesota, who has a lot of guys that can have some boom or bust, um, you know, up and down times. It's really good to have stability at the point guard. So, again, congratulations on uh, Mike Conley. Uh, I wouldn't even call him a role player. He's a role player now, but at his peak, he's probably a star, an all-star-ish player. Um, but just, again, congratulations to him. All right, a couple other things, man. You know, LeBron is an interesting guy because he is nothing dumb about LeBron. There's nothing dumb. He's a very smart individual. But I just feel like he either says things to get a gist out of it or he just just can't help what he says sometimes. And so he talked about the end of his career, how he wanted to go two ways. Either he wanted to – again, I don't want to misquote him. He talked about having a farewell tour because, you know, for the fans and being on the journey with him – um, that many years, and he thought that would be dope. But he saw also Tim Duncan in it. And so the reference of Tim Duncan in it, Tim Duncan in it, uh, would basically be just retiring and kind of falling off, not falling off the face of the earth, just kind of disappearing and not being heard from again. Yo, that is not LeBron James, yo. Man's love attention, all right? He is getting a farewell tour, all right? Again, even if he didn't want to do it, the NBA going to make him do it, and he wants to do it. Dog, since when does LeBron not like attention? Since when, right? Um, I'm not buying any of that. I, again, LeBron says a lot of things. Again, I just think he just... I don't know why he does what he does sometimes, but I, there's no way he's not getting a farewell tour, all right? Whether he likes it or not, and he does like it, he's definitely getting a farewell tour, and he's not going to Tim Duncan it, all right? Put the bank on it. Um, couple of other things. So... Again, I talked about Damian Lillard. I talked about the NBA's total of 379 points. Um, Brian Windhorst made a good point, right? And I want to wrap it up with this. So he said Adam Silver had three objections before the season, all right? Objection number one was to make guys play, and he did it with the, you know, the 65 games and, you know, finding teams for resting players. And he has really improved as far as the quality and making guys play. Now, we are still getting last-minute Guys not playing, and there's not a lot of honesty with the injury report, but it has improved, right? And the second thing that um, Brian Winhorst talked about was the NBA um, playing tournament. That's been really good. It was competitive. Uh, the first team got five hundred thousand. I think the second team got two fifty or three hundred, 
And those incentives matter because we got a really good product. And I think the third thing he talked about was the All-Star game. And he said two out of three wasn't bad, and he kind of rushed through this trophy ceremony. Like I said, I've never seen Adam Silver show emotion or get upset, and that was the first time, and I definitely thought that was a glaring thing. You know, I definitely thought that was a thing. And so it'll be interesting to see how this thing goes off because, listen, he's going to let the season play out and do it, but we ain't here last year about this. I am sure, sure, sure of that. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for today's pod. We're going to come back Wednesday, and I'm going to do my second half preview. I'm going to predict a lot of predictions. Again, first round, second round, uh, playoffs, where things end up. I'm going to give... Can you get a little hot takey podcast going in there? We haven't did that in a while. All right. So again, please like, share, and subscribe. Tell one friend to tell another friend to tell another friend about the Know Your Role Player podcast. Yo, real quick before I leave, hashtags are kind of not what they used to be. And it's interesting because I used to put a bunch of hashtags in all my stuff, and I still do. But uh, I'm going to be, I'm always going to hashtag the pod because to me, just off of search purposes, if I hashtag a pod, you can find episodes and you can find it. How do you find something? Well, hashtag it, and every episode is always hashtagged. So for that purpose only, I will always hashtag. It'll be interesting as far as the future of hashtags because apparently they're, they're, they're just they're bad on some sites, they're good on some other sites, but um, we're looking to grow this channel. So, you know, again, tell a friend. Also, I'm going to be posting more content. Again, video content is coming this fall. I probably won't get it before the end of this season, so I'm going to push that for next season, right? And so we'll just start off next season with that. But again, I appreciate y'all for rocking with me. Let's enjoy the second half of the season. Like, share, and subscribe. Y'all be good. I'll talk to y'all soon. Peace!